Hello and welcome to the Beauty Therapist of Australia podcast. I am your host, Kathleen Klassman, and you might know me from the Facebook group, Beauty Therapist of Australia for Industry Leaders, a group for professional beauty therapists to unite, get educated, and of course, become industry leaders. Here on the podcast, I answer and discuss the best questions that you submitted into the group over the past week. And in today's episode, we will be discussing how to get your clients to commit to regular treatments and services, how to outsource social media for your beauty business, and the most comfortable and stylish shoes for the beauty therapist. But before we dive into these topics, I would like to remind you that if you would like to have your question answered, jump on over to Facebook and join our free Facebook community. Just search Beauty Therapists of Australia dash for industry leaders and click join to get connected. Also, if you would like to stay updated on all things related to the beauty industry, follow me personally on Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Just search my full name, Kathleen Klassman. Hey, beauty therapist. Thank you so much for being here once again. I'm very excited to have you here and introduce you to episode number six. So without further ado, let's get into the first topic. And that was the topic of how to get your clients to commit to regular treatments and services. And we had Kylie, uh, she asked the question, can we talk about regular clients and every now and then clients? Grr, <laughs> I still get worried it's me, but I know I give everybody the best service and treatments. They are always over the moon, some rebook and some regularly for a few months. Then they start to make excuses, whether it be money issues, too busy, etc. Some rebook and cancel close to the appointment and some I see every six to 12 months and some I never see again. I do have very few that rebook and show up happily every month and I wonder when they will get bored and move on. Am I right to say this is normal in the industry or should I take it personally? Oh, this is such a good question uh, and I just had to cover this topic because there's so many things we can talk about, but I really want to make the point of letting Kylie know and every single beauty therapist out there that it's never about you, all right? It's always about the client and definitely don't take it personally. There are, of course, a lot of things that you can do as the therapist and as the business owner, to make it easier for your clients to commit, to get them coming back more often and all those other little bits and pieces that I will cover in today's episode. But I just really want to let you know that it is so normal to have these feelings, especially when you're a caring person. I know when I first started out in the industry, I was thinking, oh my goodness, um, maybe it is me. Uh, Am I not good enough? And all these things. And look, It's very normal to question your abilities and self-reflect in this way. It's great because this is how you learn and develop. However, I would love for you to really take an objective look at who you are as a therapist, the services you're providing, and realize that the time that you're with that client is such a small fraction of their life. It is possibly one hour out of the four weeks (laughs) that they potentially will be seeing you. So that is one single little hour. And yes, you can make a huge impact, but remember there are so many things going on and there's just so many nuances to this question. So 
that's what we'll start with. And I would love to get into the nitty gritties of this question and give you some really uh, tangible and actionable pieces of advice. So let's get into those. So first of all, I'd like to touch on the frequency of clients and the whole act of them rebooking and coming for regular treatment. So let's look at this really in a very analytical way. So the frequency of a client really does depend on the types of services that you provide and the need basis and perceived value. Now, there are a couple of more points here that I'm going to get into, but I'd love to touch on these first. So really depends. Are you doing brows and lashes? They usually require a fair few touch-ups, perhaps every two weeks. Nails are pretty often as well. Massage is really on a need basis and skin treatments, again, it's really, really depends on the service you're providing. So I'll use my clinic as an example because I focus about 80% of my time on skin treatments and about 20% on remedial massage. So In my clinic, I am known for providing treatments that will change someone's skin. So when someone comes to see me, they know that they're coming to me so they can take their skin to the next level. They're coming to me for results, right? So when they come to see me, they will rebook based on what I have advised them. And this frequency depends on a need basis for them to get the results. You kind of see where I'm going with this. Uh, when it comes to massage, again, they're coming to see me maybe for relaxation or maybe for remedial massage. And depending on the service, it will really depend on how frequent I suggest them to come back. But again, this does depend on the client in terms of their money, depending on their lifestyle. And again, their need basis and how much they actually value your service. So when we're talking on a need basis, again, that's about how how often do I really need to come to be able to get the result I am looking for? So someone needs to be seeing I mean, every single client, let me just rephrase that. Every single client that comes to see you is seeing you for a reason, whether that is relaxation, whether it is to get a beauty service provided, they're doing it because they want something out of it. So they will determine how often they need this service unless you tell them how often they need it, right? And also, like I said, that perceived value, it's about how valuable is this service to the client? Now, someone with a a lot of commitments on their plate, maybe let's just think of a mother who has, let's say she has five children. (laughs) She has five children and she's super, super busy. She maybe runs a part-time like casual business on the side and she doesn't really have much time to commit even to herself. And she might not see I mean, maybe she would in um, a different circumstance, but let's just say this one, she doesn't feel like she needs these services to her. They're a luxury because she's getting by just fine. And, you know, booking in for her nails to be done just doesn't seem practical because she's always breaking them. She's always doing the dishes and you know, having it done is like a luxury to her. So the perceived value is pretty low. I mean, she might actually think of the service as very valuable at the time, but in regards to her life, 
it might not make sense um, to be doing it often. So that's how someone might value your service. And it really also depends on, again, the results you're getting for the client. So for someone that comes to see me in my clinic, let's use my acne clients for an example. The need is very high because the pain associated with the condition is also very high. They're often quite sick of their issues um, with acne and they want it to change. So the value that they place on my services can be quite high, especially if I'm showing them that I can get them results. So that value is really based on what they're getting out of it. So it's about finding what makes your clients tick. So I want to go into a few more tips here and really discuss some of the comments in the thread as well, because there's some really, really great uh, comments that were left. But I really want to hone in on these next points. So basically, the client, other reasons why the client will return for future bookings can be their emotional connection with you as a therapist, how the service makes them feel, uh, the simplicity and ease when rebooking, the therapist's leadership and the therapist's skill level and really uh, is the client receiving what they're paying for. So let's talk with the first one, the emotional connection with the therapist. I think this is very, very important and it really determines whether someone is going to be your kind of client or not. So I think we've all probably heard the saying before, people buy from people, not from businesses. And this is why you often see in the industry and why I think a lot of like it, it's a big issue in our industry. Businesses are always really scared to lose their clients to therapists that have quit and moved on because at the end of the day, a client will often follow them because they have an emotional connection with the therapist rather than the business. So this is a huge one. And I think Anyone in the industry can really learn from this, whether you're a business owner or whether you are a therapist. It's about establishing that rapport and a connection. And some people you will drive with and some people you just you just won't. <laughs> we all have our own tribe, right? Uh, so that emotional connection is huge. And the ways to really hone in on that emotional connection can be through uh, mutual uh, mutual interests. It can also be by active listening. Oh, this one's huge. So really listening to the client and asking them thoughtful, provoke thoughtful questions, I should say, ones that really provoke emotions and really you know, gets them in their vulnerable state in a good way. I don't mean that in a manipulating way. I mean, in a good way that makes them go, oh, I feel so comfortable to open up to you. It's, it's so, so many things. And I think we all have the ability to do this, to establish an emotional connection. But the thing is, it's important to remember, <laughs> we have to be maintaining that professionalism as well. So it's not about establishing a connection through oh we're friends I mean it's okay to be friends I'm friends with a lot of my clients in a professional manner but it's not about you talking to them and getting something out of them because they don't really want to hear about how your weekend was and what you were doing they might ask those questions politely but they're coming to you because the way you make them feel so my 
my uh, advice on this one is to really uh, be professional and ask them a lot of questions and just continue to make them feel special. But also opening up just a little bit about your life. So it's really about creating a fine balance here. I hope that came across okay. (laughs) And there's so many bits and pieces to emotional connection, but I'd say those are my biggest points on this. Also, how do the services that you provide make them feel? I just touched on this before with my acne clients. It makes them feel confident. It makes them feel oh goodness, like they're looking forward to the future. It makes them feel like they can finally live a different life. Look, there's so many different ways to look at this, but it's about how you make them feel. You know, maybe you're not um, doing a service that provides big results. Maybe you're providing services that are about relaxation. So you make them feel at ease. Maybe you make them feel peaceful. Maybe you just make them feel really, really special. We all want to feel special and loved and thought about. So whatever that is that you provide, it's the the client is really wanting, uh, really connected to how you're making them feel. We've also got simplicity and ease. Ah, we would all love life to be simple. (laughs) And look, sometimes it's very simple um, to make a rebooking. And all you need to say to your client at the end of the treatment is, hey, to get you the results that you're looking for, uh, I suggest coming back in the next four to six weeks or two to three weeks which would you prefer? It's better to ask a question like that rather than it being an open one saying, would you like to rebook? Because they can easily say yes or no. Uh, You want to kind of say in the way, this is what I'm recommending as a professional therapist. So it's it's easy when you say it like that. Uh, And what I also mean by this point is perhaps if they can't rebook on the day, and look, that's okay. That's actually very, very normal. But when they leave your clinic or spa or salon, is it easy to make a booking? Can they simply make a phone call and have someone on the other line to pick up and take their booking? Or do they have to go onto Facebook and wait about 24 to 48 hours for a response? Is it easy to use your online booking system? Or is your website a little bit clunky and kind of not really user-friendly? These are all things to consider because honestly, in a fast-paced world like today, we want instant, instant, instant. (laughs) And if something is too hard, we will just click off that page. Oh, I've done it a million times when it comes to buying something online. I'm like, oh, I have to get up and find my card. Mm. I can't be stuffed. I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> but if it's uh, if the option's there to pay with PayPal, oh, I just click the PayPal button and I'm done. <laughs> so that's just a little bit of an example of how the mind of someone these days is. It's a little bit more fast paced. So you really want to make the whole process simple and easy and also consistent and reliable. The last two points I really want to hone in on before jumping into that comment section is the therapist leadership. Oh, I kind of just spoke about this, but what I mean by therapist leadership is you being a professional. So they're coming into your world, whether you're a therapist or you're a business owner, they're coming to your environment and often they feel 
pretty like, oh, this is not my territory. I don't know what I'm doing. And they don't know anything about the topic. Otherwise, they'd be doing it for themselves. Uh, so it's about giving it's about giving them the confidence about what you provide. So you take them into your atmosphere and you show them the way. You show them exactly, you know, how to be in this environment. You know, you want them to make them feel comfortable. So you act comfortable and relaxed and you have a good demeanor about yourself. If you start rushing around kind of jittery, they will start to get those feelings as well. And it doesn't look professional for you. And as well, what I mean by leadership is it's about being a leader and showing people the way. It's not about dictating and saying, you should do this, you should do that. I am telling you that blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's not like that. It's actually it's you kind of leadership is about showing people the way and going, hey, I see that this is the result you're wanting. And in my professional opinion, this is what I've seen work for other clients. So you never want to be pushy, but you want to be professional and courteous. And that's what leadership is. It's showing your client the way. I could talk about this for a whole podcast, <laughs> but that's just my main point is being a leader. Don't be shy and don't kind of second guess yourself. I know it's so easy to do that. I used to do that at the start of my career, but you really, you know, as much as you can, just really try to embody you know, someone with leadership. Don't go, oh, would you like this add-on? It's okay if you say no. <laughs> That's, I, I don't think anyone would say that. That's a terrible example, but you get my point. It's not about being uneasy. You really, you know, you know what's best for the client and you don't sway from the knowledge that you know. It's about being strong to your values and really sticking in your lane as a therapist. It is so paramount to be to coming across as professional and as well it does come down to your skill level and really are the clients receiving what they pay for I mean your skill level it this is a very funny one because someone with a very low skill level uh, and they're just providing perhaps a relaxation massage maybe they've only been doing it for three months versus someone who's been doing it for eight years Skill level might not, you know, whether someone read books might not be to do with this. It actually might be about all the above points. But sometimes, you know, maybe that client, you've got an emotional connection. You've made them feel really good. It's all very simple and easy and you're being the leader. Perhaps they just don't like the way that you do your services. <laughs> it might even be to do with your skill level. It's just they don't like that style. I think massage is a big one for this. Um, but also, you know, it, again, it could just be a senior, again, using that contrast of a, a young beauty therapist and a senior beauty therapist. If a young beauty therapist is doing all those things correctly in terms of making them feel really good and accepted and giving them all the things that they need, but then they're only providing a service that just, you know, maybe isn't the most oh, fancy or complicated, but because you made them feel really good, the client will continue to rebook with you versus someone that is of a senior level and is providing a really, you know, in-depth uh, service, but isn't really addressing all those other 
basic human needs. You, you get what I mean here. It's you don't really want to rebook with someone who's arrogant and doesn't make you feel special and really nice. They would probably go to the one with the low skill level. So don't take this point of skill level super seriously. Um, but maybe, you know, everyone has their own little style and maybe for a small fraction of your clients, this is applicable. And again, are they receiving what they're paying for? So this this little section here about are they receiving what they're paying for it's about understanding why they're seeing you in the first place so on to my next point is really you know it's how how to how to essentially educate your clients about what they're receiving so this really comes down to marketing and understanding that they want a, well they want to pay for a service and they want to get a certain thing out of them out of the service but they're only going to know what they're getting by being involved with your marketing so essentially what are you advertising and is what you're advertising concurrent with what they're actually receiving so my tips when it comes around improving your marketing comes down to these three main points. Establish your brand values, create your ideal client and develop your brand identity. So all of these points will really begin to reflect what the client is paying for and what they expect in your clinic. So what I mean by establishing your brand values, what does your brand stand for? What do you as a therapist, what do you encompass? Because if they don't know that, it's hard to really know what they're expecting. It's kind of just like, oh, you know, they're doing this and yeah, you know, it, it doesn't kind of extend beyond it. When you have brand values, they can, someone can go, oh, I love that they're all about confidence and helping me to regain my confidence. They can they can really uh, jive with that, let's say. Uh, creating your ideal client. Oh, you can do this in so many ways. And again, this deserves a whole podcast. <laughs> but creating your ideal client is all about knowing what you're looking for in a client. So really establishing the age, the gender, what they like, all the little bits and pieces about your ideal client and who they are as a person and what are they really, really wanting in a service. So once you develop this ideal client, you can then start to give them what they want and you can start to talk about what this ideal client looks like. There's no point in saying things in a really general way because you might only attractive you know people that are wanting a general service so when you have an ideal client that you've established you can then talk to that person in particular so let's just use myself as an example <laughs> I personally am I love nature I love outdoors I love animals and I love to relax and I love anything that is educational it sounds like exactly what I've been doing with my business. And that's the thing. I'm actually my ideal client. So someone like me doesn't really, oh goodness, I don't really jive with the really fast paced industry, like go, go, go kind of thing. I'm all about relaxation and calming. So if somebody was to market to me in a way that 
represented who I am as a person, you know, and they spoke in the language that I speak and they mentioned things that I like and perhaps they even shared dog videos on their social media. I would love them. I'd go, oh my goodness, they're like me. So you can see that's how your marketing can really start to create and um, oh, get your clients thinking about wanting to see you more. It's about developing that relationship and a value towards you. Again, sorry. And then on the third point, develop your brand identity. Very similar to your ideal client, but it's more about what is your brand uh, identity? You know, what are the colors? What are the fonts? And all these little things that you do for your business will all start to compile and create this nice consistency and it'll really fit in with the clients and they'll see so much of themselves in your brand that they're just so uh, compelled to book again with you. So they're my marketing tips on how to essentially get your clients to rebook and have regular services with you. It's about taking your brand and your business from a generalized way that's a bit blasé, they're not really sure what they're coming to see you for, and then on the retrospect, creating a brand identity that is solid. They know who you are. They know what you provide. They know exactly what to expect from you. You can see the comparison here. So when they know all these things, they're able to really come back because they know what they're receiving and it's matching up to what they're paying for. So let's move on to the comment section. There were some really great pieces of advice in there. Okay, so in the comment section, we had Chelsea Valentino. Oh, she's a gorgeous girl, a friend of mine. And she said, I would never take it personally, just business and no one cares about your business as much as you do. Oh, so, so true. Have you been going through your entire client experience from the moment they book the service until their time they're leaving? Yeah, so analyzing what the what it looks like from the time that they see you on social media to the time they book and pay and experience the treatment everything in between so really analyzing that I agree Chelsea and I love that she in her on her answer as well she talks about the importance of booking deposits my goodness I couldn't agree more when I first started I didn't do booking and I actually don't call them booking deposits I call them booking part payments um I never did, never did them. Although I did, I had a pretty good retention rate for uh, people cancelling. I'm sorry, people sticking to their appointments. When I started to implement a booking part payment system, things just became really, really easy. It's essentially helping them to commit because they don't want to. They know that you have rules, and they know that within 24 hours, if they cancel, it's hurting your business. And this is why you take this part payment. So again, Chelsea, I really, really agree with your point there. We also had um, a couple here. We had Elle Wilson and she spoke about ideal clients. Oh, I love Elle. And she was talking about, yes, your marketing and attracting your ideal clients. I couldn't agree more. We just spoke about that. Um, She's spoken here about marketing via referral programs um, and also paid advertising. So these things will just essentially complement everything else that you're doing. And oh, probably my favorite point that she hones in on here is your focus is so 
precious. Let others come as they please. You can put some effort into increasing their frequency or service, but don't waste time trying to convince clients that they are not your ideal clients to change. Oh, so important. You know, that's right. Focus on what matters, you know, focus on the clients that are really amazing clients and focus on, you know, the fact that your clients love you, you know, don't think to yourself, second guess and go, oh, you know, maybe it's me, maybe my clients, um, you know, maybe it's just the service I'm providing. It's good to have self-reflection, but if you sit there and you focus on all of those points, Unfortunately, just due to the law of energy, you will start to attract more clients that essentially are a little bit uneasy about your services. So say to yourself, you could even make this your mantra in the morning. My clients come to see me because they love the treatments that I provide or something a little bit more specific. So yeah, focus is everything. Don't focus on what you're not achieving. Focus on what you are achieving. And after that, those kind of talking about those couple of comments is a lot more and I think you would definitely gain a lot of value from going into this comment section but the one thing I want you to know there is no normal and that's what Kylie asked in this question she asked what is normal well there you know what's normal it really depends on everything that you do and the better you get, the more clients you will retain and the better and more clear your marketing is, again, the easier it will be. So don't focus on what's normal and whatever because everybody is just living their life. <laughs> you know, I'm terrible when it comes to massage. I know I need massage, <laughs> but for some reason, I just can't can't book myself a regular massage <laughs> and there are a lot of reasons for this so and I look I'm a great client I will come back I will pay the full amount I'm a good I listen <laughs> you know I give them compliments I give them reviews but you know I just I just don't do it often enough and that is due to my lifestyle whereas someone you know they might come really often for six months and then they might decide that that's all they want everyone has their own little habits and the ways that they do things just know that you're providing the most amazing service that you can provide and stick to that because everybody's different you can't control anyone all you can control is yourself and if you're controlling yourself and controlling the way that you provide these services and the things you say are you being a leader are you being you know truthful to your marketing and are you providing everything that they are expecting creating an emotional connection and making them feel amazing if you're doing all of that that is just absolutely amazing focus on that and don't worry about what's normal or not Okay, topic number two, and that is how to outsource your social media as a beauty business. Now, Marissa asked this question and she said, hi, all uh, any of you like me uh, finding social media a little bit challenging? Anyway, I thought I would hire a uni student to help me. If any of you have social media assistants, would you mind telling me how much do you pay them and what the going rate is? is thank you marissa great question and for your question i'm going to focus a little bit less on the pay and a little bit more around how to social like outsource to social media because the topic of payment is yeah very very important but mm, not really the most 
important thing and it will change depending on the service that you're asking for. I think before you even think about how much to pay them, you really need to start thinking about what are you actually looking for in a social media assistant. And I mean this with all due respect because at the end of the day, If you're paying for someone in Australia, you can expect to pay something similar to what you're paying your beauty therapist, right? And, you know, if you outsource overseas, then yeah, it's probably a lower rate, but it's only going to be a few dollars here up and down, all right? So I think the first thing you can do is think about what you're wanting, what jobs do you want them to do, and deciding are they more of a assistant so you actually provide them with all the content and they just provide an administration type role so scheduling posts um, and doing things based off of your instructions or are you hiring them to be unique and actually use their creativity design skills it really depends do you want to do it for you or do you want to give them instructions and then they just follow your instructions essentially depending on what you're looking for will really depend on the pay so I think for someone who is following your instructions you can pay them probably you know an admin assistant wage so look this up depending on your state it's going to be different you want to pay them well absolutely pay them well and pay them fairly and make sure you're doing it um, in the right way so are you hiring them as an employee or as a subcontractor because all of these things will really depend but say if you're wanting to hire someone to just do it all for you take your social media off your hands you don't need to think about it that is you know that's a very specific service and that person would have to dedicate a lot of time to your business to get to know you, to get to know your brand identity, brand values, ideal client, all of these things. They would have to come up with the graphic designs, all of that. That's a pretty high level service. And if you think about it, that person providing that service probably wouldn't be a uni student. They would probably be doing this for a job, therefore increasing their rate of pay because they have a particular expertise. Now, I really want to mention that there is a fantastic business out there and I'm sure you've heard of me, um, heard from me talking about it because I absolutely love Angela Sanchez. Hi, Angela, if you're listening. She has a business called Beauty Business Co and she has a lot of done for you graphics. So you could find someone like her who has created a lot of the, a lot of the things already for you and you can just drag and drop into your social media. That's just an example. I know it's not for a social media assistant or an admin assistant, but that's a little, I guess, a little doorway for you. There is services like that that you can invest in. And that might just actually answer what you're needing. It might provide you enough of a solution. But perhaps let's say you're really on top of your social media and you know exactly what you like to post. You know what you're doing is giving you great results and you love doing it and you know what you like to post. Well, maybe you could look for hiring an admin assistant and you can do this in so many different ways. I'd love to dedicate a whole video or a podcast to this. Um, So do stay tuned because I do have personal experience hiring admin assistants um, and paying like hiring them under a subcontracting role. So I'm absolutely going to provide more content in this. So stay tuned. But essentially, you know, 
I guess what I'm trying to say here is find out what you're wanting, right? And what do you need? Because the money, you know, you can only pay, you have to pay someone what they're worth. It's not something that you can just kind of hopefully find a uni student who wants to accept a low rate. It's, it's about providing the value to them as well. So that's all I have to say on this today, but definitely stay tuned for some more information on hiring, uh, virtual assistants, admin assistants, social media assistants, whatever you want to call them. Stay tuned to more information on that. Um, And Marissa, please feel welcome to reach out to me regarding this and we can have a little bit more chat about payment and actually finding an admin assistant. I'd be really happy to help you with this. But for now, let's just leave it at that. And up to topic number three, what are the most comfortable and stylish shoes for beauty therapists? Demi asked this question and I think it is an absolutely amazing question and something we're always thinking about. And I had a couple of personal recommendations when it comes to this, but I did do a little bit of uh, searching around, asking some questions, and I found a couple of brands that you might not have heard of. So hear me out. But I have to say, when it comes to something that looks stylish and is comfortable, I am personally a big fan of Doc Martens. They are such a classic. And look, I know that you can get them in those high top type boots, you know, those military boots. And I have a pair of them. I have both of my Doc Martin pairs in the vegan leather just because of ethical reasons. But you can also get them in the low cut and they look really professional. I wear them both because it's my business and I can just essentially portray myself how I would like. But if you're working for someone else, you might need to keep that professional uh, vibe. Not that they're not professional, but you get what I mean. You'd have to stick to their what their guidelines are. And I'd say the low cut Doc Martens are definitely in line with a lot of businesses. Oh, I'll tell you what, they are the most comfortable shoes I have ever worn. They last ages they look stylish. You can look after them really well. Mm, I love them. (laughs) But if that style doesn't tickle your fancy, then I also have a personal recommendation for sketches. And sketches, you can just, oh, there's so many different styles. You've got the more athletic type, or you've got the more professional casual shoe as well. But if I could endorse these. I absolutely will. They are so comfortable. The only downside is they just don't last that long if you're wearing them every single day. And that's why I stopped wearing sketches. But they are very quiet and they are so easy to slip on and off. You can pop them in the wash. You can, oh, you can do anything with them. (laughs) I really should be getting paid by sketches right now. (laughs) But honestly, they're amazing shoes. They only last me about a year when I'm wearing them every day. Um, And they usually, I think they're really nice for spa work. And because you can wash them, you know, if you drip oils and whatnot on them, you can just put them in the wash and deal with them. Um, You can get them in blacks and lights. And oh, I just love sketches. A good price point as well. 
So moving on, I've got three brands I wanted to talk about. So you have Hush Puppies, and I can't believe I'd never heard of them before. But when I looked into them, I realized, wow, these shoes are pretty amazing. They're an international brand, but they're very, very well known. I can't believe it. I must have been living under a rock. (laughs) But I was looking into it, and they have this bounce shock absorbing uh, technology. So they're really stylish. It's a pretty, you know, the price point is what it's probably worth, I would say, but the shoes look really classic and stylish. So maybe check out Hush Puppies. They're renowned for comfort and support. The next brand is Steve Madden, and you might know them for their handbags and things like that, but they actually do provide shoes. And the shoes can be pretty stylish, in my opinion. I think the shoes, you know, you might want to be careful in terms of picking something that looks really professional, but you could still find something that's a bit stylish and sleek and suits the place that you're working really, really well. And the price points are right as well. And the last one on my list, oh, I think these ones are really, really intriguing. Again, this is a new one for me, but they're called Frankie 4. So Frankie, F-R-A-N-K-I-E. Four. (laughs) So they're founded by podiatrists and physiotherapists, um, and they're really endorsed by those, mainly for their, I guess you could say, uh, I can't remember the word that you would use here, but ergonomic, that's the one, ergonomic. (laughs) They're an ergonomic shoe that is designed to really fit with your unique foot. So they have sandals, sneakers, all kinds of stylish but professional custom fit footwear. So there's some just some some suggestions for you regard regarding shoes, but I guess the main thing here is just to make sure that you're wearing something that is comfortable, it looks professional, it works in line with the business that you're working for, and you know, you can just easily clean them because you want to make sure they look professional. Again, there are so many There's so many brands out there and you could probably find a really nice shoe at Kmart, Target, Spenless Shoes perhaps, or or any of the places um, like Bet's Bet's Shoes, for example. It really just depends on the individual shoe sometimes when it comes to those bigger outlets. Um, But definitely take those suggestions on board, Demi, and I hope it's been really helpful for you. So that is it for today's episode. But before you go, I would like to say thank you again for being here with me. By listening to this podcast, it shows that you are dedicated to your education as a beauty therapist. And it really does prove that you have what it takes to be an industry leader. Stay on top of your game, beauty therapist. Keep educating yourself, networking amongst your peers. And don't forget the reason why you chose this industry in the first place. If you would like to connect with other Australian beauty therapists, please make sure to join our Facebook group. Just simply search Beauty Therapists of Australia dash for industry leaders. And again, if you would like to follow me personally, just search my full name, Kathleen Classman, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Stay well, beauty therapists, and I'll see you here next time. Bye for now.